Welcome to episode 34 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So, subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Caspar, your mama's house, your baby daddy's house. Tune in. And, of course, family, we are on Spotify. So, I'm Sean. I'm now. What up, y'all? Hey, guys. So, what do we call this episode? Enjoy your change. What's your employment thing? The one with the the hair. (laughs) So I want to I want to shout out to our listeners in Egypt. Asalaamu Alaikum, y'all. We see you. Asalaam. Yeah. All right. So getting right into this ratchet uh, minute, I got to talk about how Jay-Z was accused earlier of firing shots at your boy Kunye and his wife Kim Kardashian in a new diss track. I guess I shouldn't say that. It's Kim Kardashian. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to throw shade at her yet. So, um have you heard the new Meek Mill album Champions of Champions? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I, I took a listen to it. Um, I listened to it a couple days ago. So, yep. I okay. Yeah. So, what, I mean, I want to I want to kind of touch on that. So, anyway, so there's a song on the album called What's Free. And on that, Jay is dropping a, ber- a verse. And it sounds like he's going at Kanye and Kim. Although he, of course, in true uh, Jay and Bay style, he doesn't mention any names. So mm-hmm. um, the track sa- uh, samples what's beef, the the whole Biggie beef, which uh, Biggie beat, which I love. So mm-hmm. just a little, I'm gonna give you a little snippet of it. He says, "No red hat, don't Michael and Prince me and Ye. They separate you when you got Michael and Prince's DNA. I ain't one of these house niggas you bought. My house like a resort. My house bigger than yours. My spout. Oh, come on, man. My route better, of course. So." <laughs> and then of course he says enjoy your chains what's your employer's name with the hairpiece so look all facts i cannot i can't say it any clearer you know so we know that jay-z is like half of that whole partnership in petty right mm-hmm. so jay and bay is they are on they could be on their petty so um and i think if you kind of look at these lyrics that whole you know what jay was talking about with michael and prince which i think we all know had this like long legendary beef going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I said I I read somewhere I don't know who it was, um, but somebody said that Michael Jackson used to watch that terrible movie that Prince did Under the Cherry Moon just to laugh at Prince. Well, that movie was so <laughs> terrible. Like they were notorious at it. So I mean that was one thing. Um, mm-hmm. The reference to the house nigga, of course. I mean. Do we do we need a dictionary? Do we need a definition? Like we know exactly who that is. Right. My house like a resort. My house bigger than yours. My spouse. He he stops himself before he says the whole spouse word. But come on, man, my route better, of course. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all facts, all facts. So <laughs> then at later, you know, Jay Z hasn't been on Twitter for like almost two years. So he posts something where he says, quote unquote, he says the line clearly meant, "Don't pit me against my brothers, no matter what our differences are." Red Hat. Now go pick up Meek album, Drake and Meek on there together. So, um, <laughs> and then Kanye <laughs> responds, "Throne two question mark." So corny. <laughs> so, but the funniest—I don't know if you saw the memes that came out of this whole thing because Jay has been off of Twitter for so long. They had him like they said, Blue had to help him open the Twitter account, <laughs> get it to his account because he hasn't posted. He is, he is of a uh, particular age. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the Twitter. <laughs> Needed help to get on the Twitter. <laughs> How you work this Twitter? <laughs> just be tweeting and shit. <laughs> oh, I just, I thought it was classic Jay, though. I, I, I loved it. So. I was there for it. I was there for it. We all know who he's talking about. Like, come on. Of course. Yeah. You know. But but classic. So, yeah. And as far as the Meek Mill album, I mean, I'm still, you know, I, I actually just put it on, just kind of let it play. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, I'm still processing it. Even even this uh champion song, like I I like, you know, what they I mean, I like what the they're what's talking free. about. Yeah, the what's free song. I like what they're talking about. Um, I like how they flip the flip the beats, but um for me, it was just something that was missing in the beats. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. just 
like I listened to it, but it, you know, it, it won't be on heavy rotation for me. And even the whole album, it was okay. I have to take it another listen to it. But um, on another Meek Mill note, he's been on like a, a um, I have a new respect for him now. Yes. Um, I've yeah. listened to a few of his interviews and you know how I love an intelligent thug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. You know it, girl. So, so he was on, you know, he's doing his little promo run and he's talking about prison reform and all that stuff. And I just, I have a new respect for him. Um, you know, yeah. Um, you know, he's really taking his his platform and doing a really, really good thing. Um, so I'm here for it. I'm here for I, I, it. I, I, right. I so appreciate the growth. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. like he's been yep. through some things. He has a certain experience, which in all actuality is is um, been experienced by a lot of brothers, you know, that are not in the spotlight as he is. So it's good to see that he's using this platform um, mm-hmm. like that. And it's coming out in his music. You know, there was a line in one of the songs where he was talking about, you know, how it was a sister that did him in. He said, almost like, you know, had to leave my people alone, like forsake mm-hmm. my, I mean, I, I was feeling them. I, you know, my heart went out like, man, it's mm-hmm. a cold world out here. So yeah, same, but I'm still processing it. You know, I'm definitely not, um, you know, it's, it's banging. It's got some bangers on it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. So yeah. All right. Moving on. Oh, all right. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. So we on to, uh, Black China and her. <laughs> she went on. She went on an international tour. Um, what well, to, to Nigeria to promote her her white her skin lightening cream called white white nicious white nicious white nicious. <laughs> I really thought this was a scam, a Nigerian no. scam. I really thought this was a joke. Is is she? So I saw um like a video of her. I guess. So since she's been there, it's been confusion and chaos because she's gotten into altercations with a few people. Um, and she looks significantly lighter. Yes. Light as that, you know, the girl, uh, what's her name, Spice One, the Jamaican um, dance hall artist who who uh, lightened her skin for that promo. Yeah. So she she's like light white like that. And there's a video of her. Um, <laughs> and it looks like someone is kind of like leaning in to talk to her, give her a hug, and she moves back. So I'm like, she probably has a makeup on to make her even whiter. Absolutely. I mean, you see, they they talk about she had like um forehead surgery or something to like, you know, make her forehead. And I think it's true. Her and Tiger did that. <laughs> what you say? Her and Tiger had that done. I believe it because you know the son, their their son together has the original forehead, the, the throwback forehead. And they've got the forehead 2.0, the remix. <laughs> you know, your, your babies will never lie on you. Like, the DNA don't lie. <laughs> the baby got the throwback forehead. For real, for real. So yeah, she's getting slammed for this. Like, all right, and this day, and you know, um, the whitening cream and skin lightening is like plaguing Africa. Um, these women do it. It looks crazy. I don't know if you unbelievable. Like, I've seen it where it's just a face, but your hands be regular. Yeah, but you know, not only it, may, I mean, it lightens their skin, but it it eats away at their skin. Their skin looks terrible, and yeah, can, very thin. It thins it out. And it gives them like scarring marks and pockets and stuff and craters in their face is in bad acne. Um, it looks insane. It looks ridiculous. Really ridiculous. So, you know, just be proud of the skin you're in. You know, we come in so many different shades. I'm I'm all for beautifying and, you know, whatever makes you happy. But, you know, sometimes you got to look at what, you know, what calls you to you want to change your whole entire skin color mm-hmm. and then you you know you blame it on hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. and you know dark spots but I, it's, it goes deeper than that yeah, psychologically yeah. it goes deeper than that but um and the cost of it it's like 240 american dollars for this jar of cream which i forget how it Ooh. translates to their money but it's almost a, a month's worth salary um you know for them to buy this and i'm like you you marketing this to people who can't even really afford it you know, wow. this is marketing on, you know, their emotions. Wow. So do we, do we tell her to get her paper or, um, no, absolutely not. I don't support this at all. <laughs> not at I all. really thought it was a joke when I heard the name white nicious. Yeah. Like who came up with that name? Like how long did it take y'all? Were y'all smoking weed? Who came up with this name? This is terrible. This is a terrible name. A terrible name. <laughs> white nicious. I really thought this was awesome. 
y'all y'all can't be serious. And and the fact that she went to Nigeria to promote it, I'm all the way down. <laughs> Why specifically to Nigeria? <laughs> anyway, all right. Everything you could have done, this is what you do. But white niches. Mm, all them bright faces. And you could see, you could clearly, you can see it. Like she's, you know, she especially when she puts a blonde wig on. Like, I mean, I've I've known the sister. You could see her. You could see the difference. She's she going to this country. Difference. All these black people, she floating through looking like a damn ghost. Floating <laughs> <laughs> through the crowd. <laughs> and they said over there, she uses her birth name, Angela White. <laughs> black China. I won't be known as black. Black. No black. <laughs> okay, I'm done. All right. Um, Moving on. Where we at? All right. <laughs> so this, this we're still in a ratchet moment, but I have labeled this the 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 latest episode of Struggle Love. <laughs> I feel like every week we have a new example of this love that is the struggling. <laughs> so uh, next up is Joel Santana and his proposal to Kim Bella. <laughs> So recently, so Dipset is on like this promo oh. tour for uh, it's called the Gentrification Tour. So they performed at Apollo. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's called okay. Gentrification Tour. Okay, I don't know the meaning behind that, but okay. Uh, so he he doing doing his set. He brought Kimbella up on stage in her fashion over outfit. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I just bought a whole bunch of fashion over <laughs> Okay. I spent like thirty four dollars on like. <laughs> Whole week's worth of clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So he brought her on stage and he kneeled to propose. And she got a little bit confused because she kneeled too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even know how to do it. (laughs) She kneeled too. And you know, they can't. I read somewhere they said she um she kicked the uh the dentures out of Juice (laughs) Antonio. Because he's missing like a whole section of his teeth or the top row. Oh, the mercy. And he blamed that on, uh, you know, <laughs> drugs and, and drinking lean and all that stuff. But anyway, so he proposed. Um, she's excited. They have two kids together, eight-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. Um, but the real thing about this is that, you know, they've been together for a long time, for 10 years, um, which is not, you know, which is not to me like the biggest thing of this. The biggest thing is he's been accused of cheating on her. Is doc, you know, he's cheated on her. He's been physically abusive to her, and now he's facing a twenty-year um, prison sentence for what? Um, I think it was a gun charge, mm. concealed okay. weapon charge, and something else. Yeah, I think he tried. To, this was recently. He was getting on an airplane, and he had a gun. Wow. Yeah, so um, I think that's what it is. So, so now he wants to get married and settle down. <laughs> Why he's in jail? <laughs> now he wants to settle down. Ooh, if there is ever a chance, a, an escape door, escape hatch, yeah, girl. right now would be the time, girl. This is your chance to to run. I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Conjugal visits. Um. No, that's, that's this is the setup, right? This is the setup yeah. for the conjugal visit. This is basically. the true setup, girl. And you, you already put your life on hold for ten years for this dude, and you're gonna do another tw- another twenty year bid. Uh, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Who are your no, ma'am, no ham, no sir. Right? Who are your friends? Who's, where's your sister circle? Right, your sister circle for real. <laughs> your love and hip hop sister circle. <laughs> Something right here. I'm just. You know, between all of them, because so because um, what's his name and Chrissy, they never got married, right? Mm-hmm. They had they had shows about it, reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. She, I know she got a ring. They've never gotten married. She bought a ring for him. She bought a, an engagement ring for Jim Jones. Remember? Yep, bad decision number one. Girl. And then um um and then Juju, you know, you thought maybe Cameron was gonna go that route. They never they never did it. Yeah. And Juju, I'm I'm so, I'm telling you, Juju, you in the best position right now. You got out. You may have not wanted to get out, but this yeah, never- and they never had any kids. They didn't have any kids, mm-hmm. right? No. Nope. Ooh, well, Kim Bella. Um, 
you know, best of luck to you. I don't know. Yeah. Just think about this. No, think about it, girl. No, because no. one thing I remember, like back in the day on the Twitter, you know, like he would go in on her, like they would go back and forth. And he would disrespect her Probably. and she would get in on him. Like, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of that. Like, oh, yeah. you know, so he's an emotional dude. And, you know, she's at, at least was trying her best to, you know, take the, take, you know, put a chin up and take the high route. But I'm like, this nigga here, right? He was like dirty, like mm -hmm. some dirty Twitter shit. Like, mm -mm. y'all been aired out before. So you know what? Best of luck to y'all. Yeah. Think about this girl before you do it. Think about it. Don't do it. Reconsider. <laughs> please, 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 girl. Oh. Anyway, she mm. said struggle love. <laughs> the girl struggling is hanging on by a motherfucking thread. Wait, she said. She said, if you love him, you'll wait. Girl. <laughs> If you love yourself, you won't. <laughs> you won't wait if you love yourself. Ooh, okay. They'll shit together. But, you know, whatever. Anyway, moving along. Okay. Mm. So, oh, so this, this, this bit of news does not come as a shock to me at all. This is another episode of Struggle Love. This is yes. I've been so, waiting for this. Yeah. Spill it. Director and producer Salim Akil has been accused of forcing oral sex, domestic violence, mm. and a breach of contract uh, mm -hmm. to uh, in a new lawsuit that was brought up by Amber Dixon Brenner. Knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. We have I knew so many it. conversations about. Uh, so, so uh, of course, you guys may know that Salim Akil is married to Mara Brock Akil, and they have this show uh, now on OWN called Love Is, where it documents. Um, their love life, their, you know, their love, um, their how courtship. they met. Yeah, their courtship, how they met up until, it's it's only been season one. So season one ended where she proposed to him. So then season two is going to come up I guess, in a couple months. But um, you and I have gone back and forth about the show, about love is, yeah, you know, just- this, because everything that's in this show is telling me what love is not. <laughs> he's really it's like, it's like a big red warning sign. Oh. And I, you know, when when the uh, the promo was was happening for this on on TV, I was so excited because in my mind, they, you know, I don't, I never say somebody's like couples goals, but you know, just in my mind, um, hearing about their story and they work together and they have these successful shows. They're both really attractive. They have these beautiful kids. So I'm just thinking their life is like one way. And this show has shown me, I was like, I wish they would have never even done the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really changed it for me. Cause I, I don't think she, uh, you know, just in watching it and remember you and I had these conversations it looked like as aggressive as he was, maybe it didn't, they didn't mean to portray the, the character of, um, a, was it a Salim? I, mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't mean to portray him in the way that they did, but he came across as an aggressive, very um, aggressive. physically, potentially physically violent person. That's how he came off. The, and you know, I read somewhere where they said they even had to pull back because they made his, you know, if they put everything into this show, it just made him look like a monster. So they had to take some stuff out. Um, but <laughs> in the show, he's very manipulative. Um, he, you know, he's not forthcoming with the truth. Um, you know, he just has a lot of baggage with him. And all of my girlfriends who are of a particular, it's so funny because I'm in a Facebook group um, for this show. And, um, you know, we go back and forth about the episodes. I'm just reading. Some people are like, oh, this, you know, I love this story. You know, sometimes you got to go through this to find your true love. And then, <laughs> then there's another set, set of women that are like, this, for the hills. this is my <laughs> girl. What is going on here? And every week it's like, I don't want to watch it because I know I'm going to get upset about something that he did. Mm -hmm. So I guess a couple of weeks into the, the, um, the season. They did like a roll call to see how old some of these people were in this Facebook group. And that was a telltale sign. All of the younger people, the young mm -hmm. women in this group were all for this love. All the older women were like, hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hindsight is 2020. Girl, run for the hills. Run for the hills. So anyway, so this lady, uh, Amber Dixon, she's uh 
alleging that they've been dating for about 10 years. They've had a sexual relationship, even though he's been married to Mara Brock since 1999. Mm. She's saying that he was physically abusing, abusive to her. He was slapping her and strangled her, forced oral sex on her. Um, mm. He's like uh, penetrated her anally with fingers when she didn't, you know, she didn't want him to do that. He, she even alleged that he made her lick a wall. <laughs> and he takes it. He, yeah. This is crazy. That. This is crazy. He's urinated in her mouth. Just disgusting shit. Just really nasty shit. And I, I, I believe it. You know. This yeah, is I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess to be completely fair, you, you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, so this is a, I'm assuming this is a civil lawsuit as, or is it, is it, I, I mean, I guess it's not criminal because this is 10 years. She's talking about something that happened 10 years ago. Um, is it a, is it a criminal lawsuit? I don't know. I don't think part, so. That's part of her, um, that's part of her complaint, but also she talks about. Yeah. So it's, it's a civil, it's a civil lawsuit. So, okay. She's no, no, real quick, but real quick. So mm -hmm. also she's, um, saying that, um, he's, he stole, um, some of her storyline for his show. Mm. So that's that part. Just, I don't know if that's still civil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. That's, okay. Yeah. Sounds. It's all civil. So it's all monetary damages. So, okay. you know. Oh, I mean, I, I'm I'm with you too. Like when I read the allegations, knowing what it's crazy because we have a picture of this man based on a kind of like a a real life story. You know, story a TV show. But it came across that he was he was this person. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I, I mean, I don't. And it's it's funny that you say so the juxtaposition of the younger people in this Facebook group watching the show and the the older, I'm assuming, women who, you know, you've been through some things and, you know, this this dude right here, mm -hmm. he's he's full of potential, could be could be full of potential. Mm -hmm. But um, he's a walking time bomb, too, is it's like he could go either way. Mm -hmm. And but he's he's leaning towards the run for your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like girl, head for the girl, change your number, head for the hills. <laughs> Away from this little bit. Ooh, wow. Well, so, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested to see how this is going to turn out and what is this? Is this going to have an effect on season two um, of this show? <laughs> is they better not come back. <laughs> you know, Mars seems like such a sweetheart. You know, I don't. I, again, I don't but know. But still, very naive. It, didn't that even, come across? Even at, his age, even at her age now, she's like probably closer to fifty. She still seems very naive um, mm -hmm. when it comes to their relationship. Yep. She's still looking at him like all googly. Like when I see interviews with them, all googly eyed. I'm like, I just watched the show. <laughs> I just saw you right. drive him to his girlfriend's house so Girl. they could do a yoga video together. Girl, and you proposed to him. Are you serious? <laughs> you proposed to him. This is your king. <laughs> this is your king. <laughs> Kim Bella, that's your king. Girl. <laughs> oh. I don't know how to, to, to both of these women. All three of these women, you know. You know, mm. that struggle love. I don't want it. <laughs> you can have it. For real, I don't want no parts of it at all. All right, all right. Moving, moving on. Where, where are we? Are we, are we in the Kitten Hills and um and uh, <laughs> neat neat hair bun, <laughs> the uh, uh blouses. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, real quick, because I still can't believe. Did you say last week that you bought a pair of kitten heels? <laughs> I gotta bring up old stuff. I'm st I still can't believe it. <laughs> they were kind of cute until you got them home in that light. Wait, you say even the sales girl was like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about this. Are you sure? Oh God! Oh God! That was so funny. Okay, all right. So, getting right into the woke minute. So, I wanted to talk about which I have just been um, really doing a lot of research. I've heard this before, but basically, the whole autism cover up 
which has been exposed over the last couple of years, um, but I have been putting in some time in this. So basically, there's a doctor by the name of William Thompson. He was a CDC scientist, and he believed that that MMR vaccine, you know, that all kids get at a certain time frame, mm-hmm. that um, it was a risk factor for autism in African-American males. He said that there was a whole study that was done about this, but that the information was intentionally left out of the study. Um, so then this Dr. Thompson hooks up with this Dr. Brian Hooker, um, who goes and requests this through the Freedom of Information Act. He requests the MMR study documents, the original documents. So mm-hmm. what they are saying is that what the document showed was that um, there was basically a triple increase in the incident of autism in African-American boys, that that information was, of course, left out of the study. Um, and then they went on to say that there's actually a letter um, that was written by, at the time, the CDC head, Dr. Julie Gerberding, um, where she basically confirmed that the CDC was aware of the suppression of the finding of that evidence that um, autism is caused by these vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she went on to be the head at Merck, you know, corporate in, in their vaccine division. So, um, you know, basically what this is showing is that despite what the CDC has said for years, you know, they're very defined and they always, you know, there's, there's the studies that come out and they say that, you know, there's no link between autism and vaccines. You know, I think parents and, you know, there's been a movement about this. They've known for years that this is that this is what's caused. So um, especially if you look at the data that was co- uh, that was collected by, you know, a lot of these companies that are not um, connected to pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. you do see the correlation. So um, what they're saying is that the best prevention is less to no vaccinations. Um, who do you think about this? Um, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but I, I, I was always curious, um, about why was it such an increase in, um, cases of autism? You know, it just seems like right. you know, over the past, like maybe 10 or 20 years, this has been like maybe the 10 years, it's been like a phenomenon. Like everybody, um, I've met so many people who have kids that are, that have autism and there are different levels to it, but you know, I believe it's, it's, it's linked to something It linked to these, um, to these vaccinations. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I have a young son and there used to be a time, I think when you and I were, were coming up in school, there was a time, at least, you know, I remember where you could not come, you couldn't come back to school unless you had your vaccinations mm-hmm. were up to date. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, a little lax now, you know, in terms of that, you know, you don't necessarily, it, it's more of a choice now than it was. I know when, when we were growing up, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my opinion on that, I think, especially when you, you know, we are at an age where we're learning things and we, we know more about our body. We know more about, um, you know, the interaction of different things with our body. So I think it's, it's really crazy, first of all, to believe that there are these such things as like green vaccines, you know, something that's really good for you. Mm-hmm. Like, by injecting ourselves with like these metals and these right. you know different antibiotics and these chemical preservatives and mm-hmm. you know they manipulate any animal tissue and human tissue and inject it inside of us that it's going to be good for us because there's no way to really find out you know how these things contraindications how these things work with each other you know then you have different factors you know what our environment you know your environment your immunity system you know your lifestyle your genetics all these things come into play and you know you're just giving this one vaccine to someone who has you know hundreds of thousands of different markers and different things that personalize you know how that drug could interact with you know our system so Mm -hmm. um i was reading a quote by a doctor who said it's basically answering what is an mmr and she said it's a body bomb the mmr contains recombinant human albumin fetal bovine serum and chick embryo fibroblasts and the potential for interspecies activation of unknown retroviruses molecular mimicry and reactivation of the virulence of the infectious virus itself. Jeez, that's a mouthful. You understand <laughs> how crazy that sounds? So, you know, I am just more of the the understanding, you know, we really have to understand, uh, have a better understanding of our bodies. We want to, you know, you know, we want to evolve or like coexist in 
in our environment, not try to take it over or try to kill it with some sort of um, chemical that we inject in our bodies and think that it's going to make us better. You know, we, you know, we have a really broken healthcare system. Um, you know, people are getting sicker by the minute because I, I do believe that our healthcare system is built on the idea of, um, of medication, you know, keep preserving and preserving someone on medication, not necessarily getting well, you know, and until that, that idea changes, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, companies such as pharma and different pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. basically paying to get rid of the information that the public needs. Um, you know, it's really crazy. So I have a family member that has, you know, s- several different like afflictions and things that's going on with them. And they go to the doctor and they get these prescriptions and they come back and they start taking them. And so I'm asking them questions about, so when you went to the doctor, what happened? Did they, what questions did he ask? Did he ask you what you were eating? Did he ask you what other medications you're taking? Did he, you know, and none of these questions ever come up. The most important question is what are you eating? Right. I I would think as someone who, you know, as a doctor or someone who's concerned about your health and these different ailments, what are you eating? Because if you if you don't have a healthy diet, all these pills, just like you said, it's it's really not going to help you. And our our healthcare system is based off of just pumping people with medication and not really fixing the the problem. Right. You're supposed to exist. You know, I I remember when I had to um, take. Uh, you know, I was going through my issues with IBS and I had had surgery and um, I was given a steroid. And, you know, so my question was, okay, so how long do I have to take this steroid? Because, you know, you look at the contraindications of it, which, you know, just eating certain foods would have it uh, would have an interaction with with these drugs. And, you know, the doctor was very clear and just told me forever, wow. your lifetime. And that was something, you know, when I heard that, I was like, I, there has to be a different way. And that's mm-hmm. why, you know, I really got in tune with, you know, how to feed my body, what things worked for me, what didn't, you know, just a, a natural um, way of being. And honestly, I've never had a problem. So, you know, when I was told you're going to have to be on drugs for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the devil is a liar because that's, that was all almost 12 years ago and I have not had an issue that's since, good. but really just, like I said, by adopting a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really, it's really simple things that you can do. And not that I'm like a super health nut or expert, but eliminating um, sugar, you know, eliminating oh, yes. the carbs. Oh you know, eliminating all these sugary drinks and sodas. Or even if, even if you can't get to the level of eliminating, you know, cause that, that is hard, it but is. reducing re- reduction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. processed foods, um, you know, that stuff is, is packed with sodium and sugars and, you know, and, and once you start getting to that, that mind frame, um, and, and it takes some time to get used to, if you're used to eating certain things, it's, you know, your body will go through withdrawals, but after a while you'll become used to it and you'll feel a lot better. You know, you'll, you'll have more energy. Your body won't feel as achy, um, right. won't be as lethargic. You know, it, it really, food really affects, you know, your, your well being. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you think like who, what? What idea is this to I have a to inject myself with an infectious virus and that is just the idea of it and that's somehow going to make me better than before I did it. Right, just like with the flu shot. When people get these flu shots and they're like, Well, you you, you, gonna, you get you the you, you take the flu shot and you're gonna get the flu. I'm like, Well, it's the purpose of to not get the flu. <laughs> that's just you know, and you can't convince me otherwise. You know, well it's to build up resistance, but but tell me why you're putting the flu in me. All right. I've never had the flu. I've never had the flu uh, vaccine, the flu shot. I've never had it because it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I had it one time, one year, years ago, um, but I've refused it ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, it was it was about I can I can take care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I can. There are certain things that you can do to build up your immune system and maintain your immune system that doesn't require you getting injection of some sort of virus. Yeah, there was um, actually the first Dominican senator in New York got the vaccine done, the flu vaccine and I mean, the flu shot. And he died two weeks later. 
Oh, wow. I did read that. I, re- mm-hmm. I heard about that. That was recent. Yeah. Yeah. Within the last couple of weeks, it happened. Yeah. I mean, because you don't know if it's going to be you. You don't know how it's like I said, it's, you don't know how it's going to interact with mm-hmm. your your body environment. Yeah. And they're not they're not prescribing it based on that. It's just mm-hmm. like a, a blanket, you know, one for all, one size fits all. And that's not how that's not how humans are. That's not how we're made. Go to the drugstore and just get a flu a flu shot. That's crazy. Really? And you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the same aisle where they sell um panty liners and um nail polish. Yeah. You could Mm-mm. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. So I'm too, um, I'm too much of a conspiracy theorist to do to participate in anything. Yeah, and we have the proof. It's like you don't even have to be the biggest conspiracy theorist. We we have proof. Tuskegee experiment. I mean, leave me alone with it. So I'm I already yeah, I already know. So yeah, huge autism cover up. And look how it's specifically um you know it it affects African American males. And I think you know we all know an African-American male with autism mm-hmm. diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. I know several. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yes. All right. Moving on. Uh, so where are we at now? Girl, you know where we at. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite subject in the whole wide world. <laughs> Ooh, boy, if, if we don't change up like the weather, right. This is a bipolar show, I swear. <laughs> I'm telling you, we like breakneck, break fat. We like so fast in it. Like, girl, get, get to that weekend even more. All right, all right. Enough, of the, enough of this. <laughs> we off that. We on this now. Okay. All right. So the weekend dick report. So this week, this came in uh, via email from one of my listeners. This is pretty interesting. I don't even know what to say to this, actually. But um, Yeah, tell it because I don't know what this is. Let me. All right. Let me. So. Um, I've been married to my husband for seven years. We've been together for 13 years total. And our sex life has always been good and consistent. Nothing really out of the box, but, you know, enjoyable. Just the same. A few months ago while having sex, he asked me to put uh, my finger in his anus. Um, I was a little taken aback by it, but I did it. Um, (laughs) Okay. All right. A few weeks later, he asked if I would wear a strap on and use it on him. I you don't know what my eyes is. right now. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. So this feels very weird and out of the blue. Never before has he talked about enjoying anal play, and now he wants full blown action. He's even bought the strap on, but I can't bring myself to put it on. This has me questioning so much. Is he gay? Um, has he done this before? Is he having sex with other people? Uh, I just don't know what to do with this. This is like just really uh, thrown a uh, thrown a loop, thrown me for a loop. So a loop. what i don't i don't this is okay Mm -hmm. heavy i I don't right i feel like i just don't even i I don't even know what to say to this because there's so many different layers to this to this question i don't think there's a lot of layers like i think think there is some issues of either he's fantasizing about having sex with men or he's acting on it well, this is the thing because there's that piece, there's that level. Um, but also, you know, I there is a, 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 a enjoyable sensation I've heard from men in their anus. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's gay. But how do you know? Well, is it, how do you know? <laughs> well, maybe he, you know, maybe he did it on himself. I'm done. I'm all I'm look, I'm not mature enough at this moment to handle this question. So I'm going to defer to you. I don't even know really what to say. The first thing, this has to be a conversation like this is not something you can get just spring on someone and think that they're just going to ride through it. This this is a real deep conversation because this has to do with, you know, maybe his sexuality, um, you know, maybe he's having sex with other people. you know, um, has he had this done before to him? Uh, like, where is all this coming from? And it's out of the blue. You know, I I feel like this is really above my pay grade because <laughs> I can't tell you what to do about this thing. Um, because I, mm-hmm. personally, I, I I don't know if I I don't I don't. <laughs> this sounds. I can't stick my finger in somebody's butt. I don't know. That's just. Yeah. 
I'm 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 part of that club too. <laughs> Give me my badge. I know what comes out of there. I don't want my fingers smelling like what comes out of there. For one thing, and then I just I don't I couldn't bring myself to put on a strap on and do that. Um. So I think I, what I really think is this is a conversation, and y'all need to talk to a third party, like a counselor or something. Um, to really get down to the bottom of what's really going on here. Um, and this is why I said there's so many different layers to this. Um, you know, Sean, you, 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 I already told you I was, I was out for the camera. I, this, okay. So this is what I can say that, I mean, I do understand that for a male, you know, that area is more erogenous or and more sensitive to males than it than it is to females because it's it's really close to you know the prostate is what like an inch or two inside the anus and it's an erogenous zone so it's, it is very sensitive um so you know even like a, a finger or you know he wants he wants a a, a strap on in there it's a it it can be very exciting now i'm just like well how do you make the the leap to get to that point with your spouse being that she is a female mm -hmm. um be because there's even like steps from what i have read and heard and talked to other to, to gay men who have anals who are bottoms and have you know anal sex they're like you just can't just say oh i'm gonna take it in the butt today like they gotta get prepared <laughs> for that they gotta get loose <laughs> They have to like some some of I'm serious. Some of them okay. get like that um where they clean their colon out. Is that an enema or colon cleanse? A colon cleanse, yeah. a, a colonic. Yeah, they they do whatever they do to like you know get all the whatever out of their, out of their that area. Um, like it's a process. You know what I mean? So it's not like something you just jump in and do. From what I understand, um, girl. I, this is interesting. This is really interesting. Yeah. Um, then, then on and and then, I, I feel as if one if if you um, you know, if you do this, I think it just the whole dynamic of your relationship is just going to change. Um, because that's for you to penetrate your husband. That is a a a domineering act. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, and it so it it can change the dynamics of. Mm -hmm the relationship mm -hmm. but then you have to think he is the he wants it to happen you know so he is oh so so then then it's a question of you know he came to her because this is something that he wants so on, on one sense i kind of like commend him for doing that versus going out somewhere else and having someone else do it for him do it to him you know so so there, there's a lot going on here. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's so many different layers to this, you know. Yeah, I, I just, you know, and it's, it's not saying. I mean, I did say that because he wants to engage in this activity. To me, that means he either fantasizes about it with men, or he's actually done it and doing it. So meaning he's cheating. Mm -hmm. But you know, maybe in the alternate universe you could do that without you know it, maybe it's for heterosexual men although you know i think if we take a, a a i don't think any heterosexual man is going to admit that he enjoys um anal sex yeah, with a not full blown anal maybe maybe a finger with a toy not not full blown yeah yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So I'm, you know, let me just, let me defer to the people in the front of the class. <laughs> so, I'm going to answer to the best of my uh, ability. The best, <laughs> answer the best way that my marketing degree has allowed me. <laughs> oh, my law degree can't say shit. So, my, my real estate license in here, too. <laughs> Girl, y'all have to talk about this. Really talk like this is a this is a deep conversation, and I think this is this is um you know you need a third party, a a, a licensed, qualified third party to come in and talk to you guys because this is there's a lot of different levels.
this is just not a sexual act. This is this has levels to it. This is layers that you guys you guys gotta um gotta work through. Yeah, especially you know she said they've been married for seven years mm-hmm. and this never came up and the and the, they've been together for thirteen years and this has never come up. Mm-hmm. Like, does he have a best friend? You know, <laughs> is like, extremely close to him. You do like, you know him. What's <laughs> I feel like you don't know. This is a side of him. She obviously does not know. He exactly. wants to explore it with her. But what you been doing on that side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all this time. This because... is deep, girl. This is really deep. Yeah, I don't know if I can. I can strap on, and I don't want to. I don't want to see the back of my man's back. Yeah. N- n- not not like that. Uh-uh. I can't. I can't. I I'm I'm not there. I don't I'm never going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I don't I don't I won't ever live there. <laughs> okay, I don't want to. <laughs> look, I look, I a deep conversation. Y'all need to sit down maybe with a therapist, somebody that is trained. Yeah. Um in this, you know, it's a it's a sex relationship uh, question uh, mm-hmm. that needs further exploration. Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Before you go out and buy that big black mandingo, <laughs> strap on. Oh, girl, <laughs> once I'm out, oh lord, uh, a dildo, a, like a girl. This thing came in the mail. I was like, where is this supposed to go? <laughs> That doesn't fit in any hole that I have. <laughs> the monster cock. She's been sitting in my closet ever since. Collecting <laughs> <laughs> <like> dust. <laughs> oh Lord. So, oh. so listener, I, I can lend you that. <laughs> 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 Rub it down with alcohol be just fine. <laughs> All right. Moving. We're done. I okay. I don't mean I I wanted to be serious. Okay. All right, moving along. Ooh, I mean, I'm just the visual on that, like I'm 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 in pain. And I didn't even pain. <laughs> like I, I had you know, I'm I'm pretty. Um, you know, I I'm willing to explore. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. sexual things. But when it comes to that, I've I've done it a couple times, and for me, it's just not enjoyable. For some women, they like, or some men, they like it. But for me, it is not enjoyable at all. Not not at all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway, moving on. We are now at the part of the show we call "I reminisce." I reminisce. Oh. Yeah, so this is my reminisce. So let me take y'all back. Let me paint a picture. 1989. This, awesome. Yeah, right? This was The Road to the Riches. It is the first song on Cool G Rap and DJ Polo's debut album of the same name. So I remember back in the day, they used to play this real heavy on Yo MTV Raps. Um, so Cool G Rap was a member of the Queens-based Juice Crew. It was led by producer Marley Marl. And in my mind, Cool G Rap, even though he had like a list at the time, he was the original storyteller. You know, this album, um, Road to the Riches, was a classic album. His lyrical prowess was just, you know, was was banging and he really liked to you know you'll listen jay-z has said it raekwon has said it they acknowledge you know they always talk about cool j rap was like one of their favorites um you can see cool j rap up uh, cool g rap cool g rap's influence in nas scarface um biggie az even like eminem yeah. so this was my this was like my song and it was one of those you know back in the day this was on a tape one even on a cd so it was on a tape and I remember listening to this, like you had to kind of play it low because it was, you know, just, it was like rapid fire. This was like, like mafia gangster rap. This was like the beginning of it for New York. So, you know, it was like the shit. He was like, when I was five years old, I realized it was a road at the end. I would lend lots of pots of gold, never took a break, never made a mistake. Took time to create cause there's money to make. That was my shit. Mm-hmm. I was, and you know, I had to be like in middle school but I was like, this is 
this the hardest shit out here. You know, I used to stand on the block selling cooked up rock, money busting out my sock because I really would clock. I was like a little dope dealer. Back in the day, I knew all of that shit. So, Cool G Rap. All right. DJ Polo. Road to the Riches. We were so lucky to, to come up in a time where this, like, when hip hop was just was emerging. Yeah. You can see the evolution of it. And this, I don't know, it's just an amazing time to, to look. You know, I posted something on Instagram where we talked about um, when was the true era, golden era of hip hop? Like, I always thought it was like the 90s, you know, and maybe because that's when I kind of came of age with it. Like, this was the 80s rap, but, you know, the 90s where we were like, you know, teenagers and whatever so i kind of felt like that was the golden age but you know the 80s had some 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 uh, some epic shit too yeah i would say like 86 to 96 mm-hmm. i think that is because that's midway in the 80s and right you know it went all the way up until like biggie mm-hmm. you know like the whole the west coast we got we got that we had like you know the the early epmd cool g rap Nas was coming up you know i i think that was like that was the golden era because if you listen to even the mumble rap you listen to all everything that has um come into form today you can go back to that period of time that those 10 years mm-hmm. and you can see where it came from the originators so you know, a lot of people don't know who Cool J Rap, cool Rap is, but he's the he's one of the originators. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can hear it. So big ups to Cool G Rap and DJ Polo. All right. All right. All right. All right. So moving on, we are now at the segment of the show where we support black businesses. This is the segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities. And we desire to build awareness of products and services made FUBU for us by us. So. Um, this week, we are bigging up Cocoa Pie Clothing, which is um, a clothing store. It is about showing black girls how beautiful they are. So it places their awesomeness front and center on all of their shirts. It is a family-run company. Um, they believe in representation, which I love. It was founded in 2011 by Shante Pelt, um, which she said it kind of came to life because her daughter saw a shirt with a little black girl on it. And she said, Mommy, look, Mommy, it's me on the shirt. So. Um, especially around the holidays, y'all, they have the cutest, I mean, from zero to three months with the little black brown babies on the shirts and all the way up. So it's www.cocopieclothing.com. Please check them out for the holidays. All right. All right. Are we at the end? We're at the end of the world. All right. (laughs) We have come to the end, y'all. You can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast and the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Our Heart Radio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can visit us at That's What I'm Saying, the podcast, and learn more. Send us questions. We always like dick questions, please. And um, (laughs) we like dick. And comment. So, Nye, who do we always shout out? We always, always shout out our super producer, Vegas World Inc. You can catch him on Instagram. You can catch him on Twitter um, at Vegas World Inc. And also on the Twitter. On the Twits. Um, check out his podcast, Hip Hop Now. Um, thank you all so much for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week. Take care, y'all. Peace. <laughs>